Yo, welcome to the Antoine Matthews podcast, where we talk about cybersecurity, technology, and we have some of the dopest interviews in the game. You know what I mean? What we do here is we talk about the industry, talk about the things that are happening in tech, in cyber, and some of our guests lace you with the game you need to help you with that transition or just to get you on the news on the latest and greatest. So look, what I need you to do, sit back, get your drink. Pull your chair up and let's get into it. This is somebody I've been following on LinkedIn for a while. I've been following their story and their journey, and I'm pretty sure that you guys are going to love this guest. Uh, Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, um, my name is Kay. Um, My name is Katura, but I go by Kay. It's a little bit easier for people. And um, right now I'm going to WGU uh, into IT. My, my degree right now is a bachelor's in IT management at WGU. And, um, and yeah, I have a long history in tech, but not in IT. So I'm very new to the field, but, um, but have been around tech for many years, for over, I think, 10 years, just been in classes and in my career as well. So um, yeah, excited to, to talk to you guys today and uh, just kind of you know, tell you guys my journey and my story and hopefully you guys get something really valuable out of it. Man, I I love it. I was going through your profile and it seemed like you've been in tech without being in tech for a long time. Like since you were eight, it seems like, I don't want to drop the sauce too fast. So I want to just do a quick, you know, icebreaker. Can you tell us something if people went to your LinkedIn profile or just saw your online presence, they wouldn't know about like something that we wouldn't, we couldn't tell about you, like something interesting. Hmm. Um, well, I mean, something aside from my career, you, you're basically saying, yeah, yeah. I, well, I actually started out my whole world of employment actually as a dance teacher. So I used to teach kids hip hop dance choreography and, um, that's kind of how I started out in the job world. And so I, I think that that was great just because I got to know, um, how to manage a team, even though it was, kids it still involved a lot of planning project management and um, from there went on to event planning which I still really enjoy Um, but that kind of was my start in in just in a job market in general and I think that's part of the reason why I'm going into um, IT management right now so it kind of started me off in the right spot yeah, man, that is super awesome. I didn't know that I would have never guessed that you did hip hop, you know, teaching kids. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, well, see, look, you learn something new every day. So that is awesome. And so you said you did say that you've been in tech for a while. You had at least been in that space. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, some of the things you've done in the past? Are you currently doing? Yeah. So uh so I started out with my love in tech just being a millennial growing up in the tech age. Um, you know, we had our first computer growing up in, um, I think it was back in 2000. I forget when those big bulky computers came out, you know, the ones that are not flat, but the, the first computer, yeah, the came big out, like box. box ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The first Macintosh computers that came, they're just like a big block. And so I used to use paint to like do design on there. And I used to use a windows movie maker and I used to make songs. So I would, illegally <laughs> download <laughs> little snippets from the computer which I didn't know was illegal back then now I know it better but this is when I was really really young a little kid 
Um, so now I know better. So nobody call, call anybody on me. <laughs> but, but yeah, I used to take little snippets and edit them, just the audio part of, of the computer. And I didn't know that was, you know, any sort of music production back then, but it's just me being creative. And then from there, um, my parents saw my love for, for just media and things like that and just computers. And so um, when I was in high school, they put me in a program for digital media arts where I learned how to do some HTML with Dreamweaver and um, and with um, different, uh, uh, we learned about photography and also like webcasting uh, or not webcasting, but a newscasting. So we learned how to report. Um, this is all in high school. We learned Photoshop. And, and so I just got a lot of different um, training on digital media arts. Mm-hmm. And then from there um, in college, I had been really, really interested in coding and I'd heard about it and I'd always been interested in it because they had a program just like the digital media arts program. They had a coding program um, at the school that I was going to. And um, I really was interested in it. So I used to go into the class and just kind of like walk around, but there was just like a lot of white guys in there. And I felt like as like a minority <laughs> female, I was like, I'm definitely not going to fit in here, but I still thought it was really interesting. And also my high school had a robotics club that I'd go in, but the same story, it was a lot of white guys. So like, again, I didn't yeah. feel welcome. And, and so, and so I delayed my love and passion for tech for a long time, just because there was nobody who really looked like me in tech, you know? And that's, I know that's like the big thing right now, which is like a lot of, they're looking for more minority females so they can show little girls of minor, minority girls that, you know, Hey, you can be a part of tech too. Like there's people that yeah. look like you in tech. And so that was probably the, the biggest issue why I delayed it. So when I initially went to Bellevue College um, in 2011, I started out wanting to be an event planner because that was one of my passions of being creative and projects and business. And so my original plan was to go to UW after I got my general ed at, at Bellevue College. And then I ended up having kids after Bellevue College and took a break, but I still had that love and passion for tech. And I really wanted, I just, you know, when something just keeps coming back up in your life and you're like, I just really have a passion for this. Like, I want to yeah. do this, you know? Yeah. So I, I, you know, so I thought of different ways and I didn't have my bachelor's degree at the time. And I only finished my, my associates in arts and sciences, my general education. And so I, I looked around and I was like, what can I do without a bachelor's degree in tech? Like, what can I pursue that doesn't require a bachelor's degree? And I saw this video on YouTube. This guy was talking about UX design. So I'm like, cool, um, you know, I'll, I'll get into UX design. I, I'm creative. I like Photoshop. I like tech. Like, I'll get into that. So I studied. I went to hackathons, um, just tried to learn from other people, and then self-taught myself UX design and ended up winning two hackathons. One that was at Microsoft, which was a legal hackathon. We, we won a wow. category. And then one overall, which was for the fish hackathon, and it was in Seattle with my team. So I was the designer and we had uh, four software engineers. So I'm still friends with a few of them to this day. They're great guys, really, really awesome, very talented, very humble, awesome people. And so we won that one. And so, um, yeah, on, real quick, that, Kay, you're moving fast. You're fat. Oh, my. I know yeah, yeah, no problem. <laughs> it's so much juice right here. You're dropping so many gems. So, look, the first thing I want to point out is you said self-taught UX and UI. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's a gym. So did you guys hear that self-taught? So with, so what did you do to teach yourself UX and UI? That's not something, you know, anybody could just pick up. Like how, how what, what were mm-hmm. your tools? How'd you do that? Well, one thing that I'd really encourage everyone out there is listening is your local library has so many resources that people are paying taxes for. And 
no one uses them or knows the resources there are. So I definitely, I encourage people to, if you ever want to learn anything, there's online resources, there's books, take advantage of that knowledge because it's free in America. Like it's a beautiful gift that we have that people don't usually use. So definitely use library. So that's how I personally learned is free resources. I know that that when I was learning, you could get um, Linda for free through your library uh, card. And so I used to just do tons of, um, now it's LinkedIn learning, but it was Linda back when I was um, on it. And I would just use my library account and just watch as many videos I could, as I could. I would rent, um, you know, check out books, um, also do projects. And I actually tried uh, Career Foundry for a while. Um, I personally don't, didn't really like it because it wasn't accredited. So it was the same thing as if you were to take a class on LinkedIn. Um, it's, it's basically like you do some assignments. Yeah, it's kind of just like yeah. for your personal understanding, but it's not like any, it's not really weighted in the, in the industry, I guess. Yeah. I mm -hmm. mean, it's, it's good, but they're teaching from, um, from Germany at the school's actually in Germany. And so um, you're learning online. Um, but I just didn't feel around the same time that I was going to that school, I actually got hired at PushPay at a tech company in Redmond, Washington. And I became an app designer for their company where I'd build out apps for churches and nonprofits. And at the same time, I was going to school at Career Foundry. And I just felt like working in the industry was teaching me a lot more real world today methods of using UX and UI design than I was learning from these teachers in Germany who, um, you know, might, might have a little bit more delayed knowledge that wasn't updated as, as much as the things I was learning in the industry, um, you know, being actually in it. So mm -hmm. I, that's, that's how I, how I learned is mostly just, um, you know, I think that how I really learned was just learning all the concepts. So one thing that I did that I do a lot when I'm trying to learn something, cause I love learning about stuff. I'm just a very curious person. Uh, I don't know where it comes from, but I, I just really like learning things. And, <laughs> That's um, a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> hopefully it's not too nerdy, but yeah, I, I love learning. That's probably why I like hanging out at the library a lot. But um, one thing that I encourage people to do is um, what's really cool is if you ever want to learn about a subject, um, but you don't want to go back to school, like at a college to learn about it, go to a website of any college that's teaching it in a program and then go to its courses. So the courses that are listed out in the degree program and look at all the topics. You can usually do a drop down where you can see kind of like a paragraph of what the class is about and make a list of all those things. And then with all those little topics that are in that degree program, either watch a, a, a course on LinkedIn or Udemy or check out books and read them. And literally you will have all the knowledge maybe not perfected, but mm -hmm. all the knowledge that you would have if you were to go to that degree program. So that's what I did when I was going into UX design to self-teach myself is I just looked at the requirements that you'd need if you were to get a degree in it. And I just awesome. checked out books as if I was going to that degree program. So I would learn everything. And then I tested my knowledge at a hackathon and that's its own conversation. I was so nervous my first one, but we ended up winning, um, which is, which is amazing. It was a surprise to me at the time. <laughs> so I was like, I'm new to this. <laughs> so, for, so for the um for the hackathon, was that like your team against other teams in terms of like just the experience or like you said the app development? Yeah. So so hackathon. I don't know if you you know much about hackathons, but if you, whenever I tell people I'm going to a hackathon, they're like, "So are you hacking into something?" I was like, "Yes, cybersecurity wise, but not." Not the thing you're thinking of. <laughs> That's exactly what I no. thought. I was like, it's probably a room just full of people with hoodies and they're doing some stuff. Like, I was like, let me, no, let me no, ask. No, no, no. I don't know. Yeah, I know. So people always think that I'm hacking into something. No, definitely not. For, for hackathons, 
specifically, they're basically a weekend where people will go and um, it, they'll have a certain topic. So say, for example, it's at Microsoft, they had a legal hackathon. So the topic was um, like lawyers and legal issues and things like that. The fish hackathon that I went to was more about like the fishing industry and issues in the fishing industry. So basically each hackathon will be sponsored by a certain company. Some will be sponsored by a big tech company or a non-tech company. It just depends. And, um, and basically you will go there and they'll have the, the challenges and you pick one and then you form your own teams on the first day. And then the second day, um, you guys will be working on this project to solve this, the, the challenge or the problem with a solution using technology. So either you're making a website or an app or some people make robots, like it just depends on the hackathon. And, um, and then the third day you present your project in front of the judges and then the judges choose a winner based on certain criteria. So um, they're really fun for networking. I encourage people to go, even if you're not gonna be, in, be involved in them, they usually have really good catered food too. <laughs> so if you wanna go for the food. <laughs> go, for so. the, go for the food and the experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can meet, I mean, I made a lot of friends. Some of the, some, some of the friends that I still have today I met you know, four years ago at Hackathon. So it's a good place to make friends too. <laughs> no, that is super cool. All right. I didn't want to, I didn't want to stop the story. You just had so many things you were just cruising. I was like, Hey, you know what? I heard some, some gems that I think people can find a lot of value in. I just wanted to slow you down a little bit. So we talked about the UI, the UX and how you can actually learn a lot of these things yourself, utilize your, the library and these resources that are available to you. You talked about the mm -hmm. hackathons. And right now, where, where are you at in the IT space? Or can you talk about your job or, you know, just some of the things that you're doing uh, to, I guess, get you to where you want to be in, in IT? Yeah, so uh, I'll kind of explain my transition. So because you're probably wondering, why did I transition out of UX UI design into IT? And so, um, so you know, I think that the, the transition was an interesting one, just because I had been in UX and UI, but I just felt like there wasn't as many resources at that time in my life to really move forward in UX and UI design. Um, a lot of jobs required um, a lot more than, than I could offer like a bachelor's degree in UX design. Nowadays, they ask for a, a bachelor's degree in, um, I think it's uh, user experience and uh, user interaction. Uh, there's different degrees at UW as well. Um, but I really wanted to find an education that fit my life and how I'm mm -hmm. an adult. I have, you know, kids now. So I need, um, I need something that's more flexible. I can't just like, you know, go up to Seattle and go to UW every day or even online. It's, it's very expensive. That's not the kind of debt that you want at this time in your life, you know? And so, um, so I wanted to look for something affordable. And so, um, so I was looking into different careers and I've always been, this might sound really funny, but I've always been really good at fixing my mom's computer, my dad's computer. <laughs> so if like the printer doesn't work, I'll fix it. And they're like, how did you do that? I'm like, well, I Googled it. <laughs> and, <laughs> or, or, you know, fixing their computer, uploading anything. And it's just from being raised in the tech, just in the tech industry. But I just felt like there was this, um, this reoccurring um, passion that, in tech where either it was coding or computers, I just wanted to be around computers, whatever that looked like, I wanted to be around computers. So, um, so I looked at different programs within um, uh, WGU. I found out about WGU actually through my mom. She went there, she got her master's degree at WGU. She's a teacher now. And she went later in life. Really quick, really quick. WGU, can you tell the people uh -huh. what, what that stands for? Western Governors University. And uh, it's found, it was founded by governors of um, obviously the, the, the West. So a bunch of governors tried to make 
affordable, accessible college for people. And they were founded and they're an amazing college. I could rave all, it's not just because I go there. They're really an amazing college. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, they're, they're awesome. Uh, so Western Governors University, they have real graduations. You can look up online. They're, they really go all out for their graduations, but um but yeah, I just, you know, I, I transitioned there and they have a really great IT uh, program at WGU. I think that was one of the first programs that they had at, at WGU was their IT programs. And then they, they also have nursing and um, they have te the teacher's college as well and the school of business as well. So they've got a lot of really in-demand jobs, uh, job programs that are really in demand right now. So, you know, you're getting an education that's going to be um, good for a job that's actually in demand right now so it's, it's relevant um, it's not like the yeah like the germany courses that you were taking like the stuff you're taking right yeah. now is like, <laughs> yeah yeah definitely not i it's very relevant very um they, they're always updating their content so whenever you go through a class they've updated it um very frequently all of the professors of the classes have either um doctorates in the field well all of them do have doctorates in the field but they also have experience so they've worked in the field for many many years like I took a financial class and this guy that was my professor had worked on Wall Street for like I don't know like 25 30 years um so they have wow. tons of knowledge in the field which is really awesome too um so uh so yeah they're amazing college so so yeah so I picked out I really wanted to you know my my I, I also have a passion for business. Um, I, I had my own business this year in 2020. Um, uh, you know, so I, I have that, that passion also with tech. So um, I chose the IT management degree in the school of business. So it's a little bit of business, a little bit of IT. So I've word, learned a lot about um, networking and information, uh, just systems and um, different um, infrastructures in IT. And um, so I'm learning about both, um, but my plan is to specialize um, with their master's degree in cybersecurity and information assurance, mm -hmm. and um, just kind of just kind of focus more on on a specific specialization in IT after I'm done with my bachelor's degree. No, that's awesome. Real quick, is that is WGU? Is that online or is it on campus? Oh yeah, it's all online, and so they have. Um, so it's all online in the U.S but they do have certain, I guess you'd say offices or bases in certain areas. So I would technically be part of the WGU Washington branch because um, I'm located in Washington. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, it's all online, very accessible. All of your mentor calls, and your professor calls are on the phone or on Zoom. Um, oh, cool. But yeah, it's great. Yeah, it sounds like that's awesome. With you being, you know, going to school online and then, you know, having to use all these other tools. And I can speak to it. I went to school online too for my master's. So the Zoom calls, the Blackboard, like it almost seems like you're already using a lot of the equipment that you're going to be having to use when you get to the industry. Um, do you have any like particular classes that you that you like a lot, you know, that you that you've taken up to this point? Yeah, so I, I um, right now I'm taking actually globalization. I'm going through the textbook and studying for my exam, <laughs> but um, it's it's interesting. We're learning about you know different um, you know different ways of doing supply supply chain management and um, just trade and tariffs and things like that. Just how to how to have a business in a different country when you're located in in the U.S. Um, which I think is great. I think that the biggest thing is, um, and how this relates to IT is in, in IT management. Um, from what I've understood from mentors that I've talked to, uh, to be an IT manager, you have to have a really good understanding of not only the IT side, but also the business side, because you need to be able to communicate 
to like the CEO and the different board directors at the company, the IT needs for the company. So if yep. you don't know enough about the business side and the IT side, you could know a ton about the IT side, but not know how to communicate it to the business side because the business side is more worried about profits, you know, and, and you're mm -hmm. more worried about, well, this works better, but is it going to be profitable? And so, and then the business side, if you know too much about the business side, then you don't know which kind of equipment you're going to need for the IT side or what kind of infrastructure you're going to need for the business. So both sides are equally important to be able to create kind of like that bridge to, to you know, fill in the gap between the business and the IT side. So, um, so I, I would say a lot of the business classes, even though they are business and don't really relate directly to IT, they help to understand the business as a whole. Because really at the end of the day, as IT people were working for, a business of some sort, you know, so it yeah. helps to know kind of the structure of the business. And then um, with the IT side, I've taken a few classes in IT, um, just about um, information assurance and, um, and uh, making sure that your information is safe. So a little tiny bit of cybersecurity I've also learned about. A lot of the classes for IT that I have coming up are going to be, um, be uh, directed towards IT. I can read off some of the, some of the ones that I, that I recently already finished. Um, Oh, yeah, Let's go see. for it. So I have, so, I have, uh, so uh, one of the, the exams I just passed was information technology management essentials. So it talks about all the different roles in IT, things that I didn't know before, which I'm really glad that they include this class in the program. It's just um, what are all the different positions that people have in IT and in business that so that so allows important. me to know you know, who, who to go to for what? So I need, do I need to go to, um, the people in networking? Do I need to go to the people, um, in, in which, you know, which department do I need to go to for a certain task to be done, which, uh, would be important in, in, an IT management role. And then, um, in the, you know, I have project management coming up in this next term, um, also network and secure network and security foundation. So I'll be learning about a little bit of more cybersecurity, a little bit of um, just network engineering. Um, then also the information systems management. So so managing um, just different systems and um, and also in networking. And then um, and then data management. We've been doing that a lot throughout this whole program. Um, just making sure we manage data well with SQL and and knowing how mm -hmm. to. Um, how to, to use SQL to look up data. Um, um, we also have uh, just more business classes and then we have our IT management capstone project at the very end and also for, for the business classes. So, um, so a lot of it is business, but a lot of it is IT. And I think that's why with my master's degree, I really want to specialize in cybersecurity so I can get more of the IT side and you know, you know, different uh, certifications as well, like the CCNA and the um, ITIL and the um, and the uh, CompTIA A plus certification, and those are all really mm -hmm. necessary to, you know, degree and certifications all together. It's like a yeah. cherry on top. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's like the complete package. That's all. All those classes that you mentioned, you know, you either took or you have scheduled in the future. Those all sound awesome. They all sound awesome, and I, I like that you pointed out, you know, that they're all important, especially from the business side. And from the IT side, because like you said, you know, every person in IT is going to work for some business or, you know, probably even own their own business. Probably you, you know, you said your entrepreneurship and you actually own something, you know, in the past. So um, that's that's really important. I know in, in my role or even uh, when I was still in sales, 
you know, I had to sell SaaS equipment. So it was really important for me to understand, you know, not only the, the business aspect, but also, you know, the, the technology and how to effectively communicate that. Um, you know, a lot of times people get into a situation where they know how tools work, but they don't know how to explain those tools or, or the benefits. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, this, this 100 percent, it, it's cool. I, I like how, um, you know, your story up to this point has already been amazing. And you said moving into your master's degree. So before we get to that point. I went on your profile and I seen you just had a scholarship. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So um, I've heard a lot about, you know, WGU scholarships and people applying and, and, and getting them. It's, it's not always um, it's, it's rare. So I, I, you know, I applied just kind of, I applied to as many as I could. I've applied for scholarships in the past when I went to Bobby college and never got any of them at all. <laughs> um, I got a scholarship once when I was part of the see this, um, Seattle Seafair was like a thousand dollar scholarship for being um, Miss Congeniality, just being like a nice person that people voted for. <laughs> but hey. you know, that was a long time ago. <laughs> hey, for friendship. <laughs> yeah, right, right, yeah. And so, so yeah, so that was like only one I had ever had before. Um, but this one, I just applied to a lot of different WG scholarships, and they have so many. They have, you know, um, any any situation you can think of you can apply and and they probably have one for you but um I applied to as many as I could just told them kind of my story of um you know my journey and how my mom also went to WGU and explained you know my mom actually lost both of, both of her parents while she was going to WGU and she after she graduated she she fought breast cancer and she's alive and well in her career but just kind of told them you know my story like the things yeah. that I had been through and um, I found out uh, recently this last week that they awarded me $2,500 from a, for a resiliency grant. And I wasn't expecting that at all. I didn't realize, I didn't think that anything was going to come of me applying. I just, I just did it. So, well, you know, put, put, put it out there and if it comes back, okay. And, um, and it did, and I was really excited about it because it just, it helps me financially with, with school. Um, I paid off all of my debt last year. So it was like $47,000 hey. of debt. Um, you know, the whole Dave Ramsey thing. <laughs> and so, and so, uh, you know, definitely, um, I definitely really appreciate them, um, you know, financially helping people with their degrees. I think that's, I, I think it just kind of is woven into like the fabric of who WGU is as, as a culture. They're very much about helping people um, to succeed in their dreams. I mean, you get, you get assigned an amazing mentor when you first start school. My mentor is awesome. Um, he's just been awesome this whole journey. Um, and, uh, and that's just WGU. They have so many resources and scholarship is, is one of them. If you apply, I mean, just keep on applying and, and they are happy to award people with scholarships because they're really excited to help people with, with accomplishing their goals. And their I, dreams. I, just wanna, I wanna let the audience know we aren't sponsored by WGU. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> she she not, just no. likes it. That, that, this is her, this is her story. And we just like, yeah, she yeah, likes I'm it. I'm not sponsored by them at all though. Definitely yeah. not. I go there. So, I mean, I'm a student there, but that's about it. <laughs> so I, I did have a question for you. So like earlier, you said, hey, you know, you do have kids. I have kids, too. And going to school mm-hmm. and then I'm assuming you're still working full time while you're doing this degree, right? So I'm working part time right now. Um, and so I work uh, at Media Tech, so it requires less hours per week. Um, but, you know, obviously right now I'm actually homeschooling the kids. So um, so they'll be going wow. to to school uh elsewhere next year <laughs> not at home but um, with COVID happening I just felt like at their age they couldn't get a lot of um they couldn't get a lot of education off of a computer you know obviously yeah. you know people can 
you know, like me, <laughs> get an education off of a computer. But I think that like at four and five years old, kids just their attention span is so short. So it's so different. So yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. My, my, my daughter is six and they do homeschooling and I'm almost having to like make sure I'm looking at her while she's in school. Like, you know, there's a kid in her class. Every time I turn around, look at the screen, he's jumping on the couch. I'm like, come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we can't do that. Yeah. So, no, but I wanted to ask because that now that even brings more to the situation. So you're in school, you're working part time and you're raising a family. Like, how do you balance all of that? Um, just good time management. I think that honestly, on, on a more, a more humble point of view, I'm sometimes I beat myself up a lot because I'm like, Oh, I could have got more schoolwork done this day or oh, I didn't do a good enough lesson for the kids this week. And so like, I think that the best thing to do, like if someone's in a, in a similar situation, going to school and also watching kids and, and going to, to, you know, to work as well, um, just have a lot of grace with yourself because, you know, not everything has to get done tomorrow. Like it's a journey. And so I try to look at it yeah. that way that, Hey, you know, if I don't get my schoolwork done tomorrow, the, the world's not going to end, you know? And mm -hmm. so, um, and so just taking my time with it is really important and then setting little goals for yourself. So at least you're getting stuff done, but, um, you know, to be personal, uh, with WGU, they, they have an acceleration program and online, you'll see a lot of posts. If, if you're going to WGU ever in the future, they, there's a lot of people who say, oh, I, I finished my whole degree in six months because you can totally do that. You can, if, 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 you know, it's not limited to to the time structure of the college. It's, it depends on how fast you want to learn the content and how soon you want to take your exams, you know. And so I think the hard part for me is I had this goal set out where I was going to graduate in six months. And then when I realized that that life and kids and work and just all in family and everything just kind of got in the yeah. way of that you know, you can't be too hard on yourself and say, oh, I didn't finish in six months. I'm a failure. You just have to look like, hey, I'm going to finish my degree eventually, even if it takes one more term, I'm yeah. going to finish my degree. But you know, things happen. Like, it's okay. I'm not gonna, you know, you can't compare yourself to other people because it will just kind of, it'll make you feel a lot of um, just pretty down about yourself. So, you, you know, Preach. definitely Preach. don't do that. Because I do that sometimes. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I should, I should know better. <laughs> so yeah, no, I think that is that is so on point and so on cue like I, I love when people you know come to the realization like I'm not comparing myself to anybody else and you have mm -hmm. to adjust when things happen you know like plans and opportunities that everything is always changing I talked to a gentleman today and I told him hey go ahead and schedule your certification exam just schedule it you can always move it you know because life happens but the whole thing is mm -hmm. like just to make sure that you have it down and I think that you hit that right on the, on the head when you said hey well you know you might go online and see people that graduated in six months and that's what I had seen and I was like you know what I'm I was really looking at um WGU I had actually spoke to a counselor and I asked them how do you get this thing done but the fact that you just let us know you don't have to put this pressure on yourself you know you could let things yeah. go and, and as long as you're progressing which I'm pretty sure you know you'll, you'll get to your end goal as long as you stay the course and, and throughout this process did you have any mentors or I know you said you have the, the counselor that helps you when you first got into the school but anybody else that you know or been helping you along the way yeah well I think that initially the drive to actually get my bachelor's degree came from just I think that I mean it wasn't I guess you would say, I, I'm going to say this and it's going to sound negative coming out, but trust me, it's not, <laughs> it's a good thing. Um, I think that the drive for me was just the rejection that happened over and over again, when I applied to jobs, um, not having my bachelor's degree, even though I had all the skills from self, 
self-learning and self-teaching myself all these skills, it wasn't good enough to the job market. And so I used to be like, oh, I don't need a degree. I don't need a degree. I have my AA. It's fine. And I have experience, you know, but um, I saw that opportunities were being missed for not having my degree. And so now I'm full force, but like, I'm going to get my bachelor's and my master's and all these certifications. So now they have no excuse, but to hire me, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so so I'm shooting for the stars, which is I'm, I'm enjoying that. And it's kind of like it's it feels freeing to be like, OK, I'm going to go and better myself. I'm going to learn more. I'm going to be the best that I can be for the job market. So there's going to be no excuse now because I'm going to be one of the best that they've seen, you know. And so like it's just I think that everyone should be like that and should should try to push push. Um, towards sorry I got on, I got on a roll with that I, I forget what your initial question is but no really keep going keep going <laughs> your energy you know what I was asking the one the response I wanted for that answer was the exact energy you just gave me you got so excited and passionate about what you're talking about right now like keep it going you're good yeah. <laughs> no yeah. yeah it's just it's just yeah I definitely um it came from just the rejection of 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 not you know um, having a bachelor's degree and being turned down opportunities that I really would have loved. And, um, you know, I've had, I have a few uh, friends who work at Microsoft and they told me, Hey, like you don't need a degree to, to get a good job at Microsoft. But at the same time, you know, even though you don't need a degree, I don't, I don't believe that anyone needs a degree to be able to get a good job. I mean, my dad works in engineering and he doesn't have a degree. He has certain mm-hmm. certifications. So, I mean, it does, it's not, it's not an end all thing, but I definitely think it does help um, in the long run so that you don't have to go through all these different barriers to get to where you want to go. It just helps you get somewhere a little bit quicker, but it's not an end all thing. So, um, so the initial question, sorry about that went off on a, on a little road trip there, but, um, <laughs> the initial question was what were my mentors? I would say, you know, that's where I was kind of saying like a little bit of myself and the mentors that I had were actually the, the recruiters who rejected me were kind of my mentors. Cause they kind of pushed me to, to improve myself, um, in a way. And then, and then, um, you know, my mom, of course, she was a huge inspiration to me when she went back to school. Um, both my parents um, didn't go to school, didn't finish school. Um, they traveled around the world, actually helping people and and helping the poor and helping people who are on drugs and just had a, were part of a program Dude, doing that. And so, that sounds so, cool. um, so they sacrificed the beginning years of their life to to do that. So they didn't have a good income growing up, and so they went back to school. And me and my brother were in high school, and my mom went to WGU. And she got her bachelor's and her master's degree and in teaching. And while she was in school, she was working full time and taking care of kids. And um, she, both of her parents passed away. So she went, she had to go through the heartache of losing both of her parents while she was in school and studying. Like, I can't imagine, cause I already get distracted in school. So I can't imagine losing both my parents while I'm in school, you know, but yeah. I mean, then after that, you know, getting, uh, having breast cancer and going through that her first year of her dream job, she went through chemo treatments and lost all of her hair and couldn't taste anything. And her feet were black and blue and, and just, you know, seeing her go through that and push through that really inspired me to go to WGU. And so I guess WGU, I mean, I'm not a sponsor for WGU, but I think that just seeing my mom go through that kind of gave me a soft spot for WGU that she, they mm-hmm. mentored her and pushed her through that and, and were there alongside her through that. She got her degree and she went to her graduation and walked across that stage. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I think my biggest mentor is really just seeing my mom just be really, really, um, you know, just overcoming a lot and to get, to her dream job and the thing that she really wanted to do she felt like she was called to do so so yeah man your mom sounds like an angel like man that that is (laughs) 
that is a, just on her story is awesome. You know, from going and helping the homeless and, you know, sacrificing early in life to going back to school later in life and dealing with stuff. And then how that inspired you to like go to the university. But also it sounds like you kind of put a fire under you like, hey, you know what? I can still do these things. And that that's so I did have a question because to bring it back to our earlier conversation, when you said when you're in high school, you know, you went to the coding uh, club and you kind of felt like, oh, I'm a minority here. And, you know, you did that to another program also like but now that you are like getting into IT, do you still feel that same way? Um, you know, I, I definitely, I mean, I don't think I feel much of it from a race point of view. I think that I, I know that a lot, I could say that, you know, obviously what's going on in the world right now, tech companies can do a lot better. Um, but I feel like companies like Microsoft have done a really good job at really pushing for diversity. And I see that even when I visited the campus, you know, years before they really are pushing for diversity, which I think is great. Um, but I think that there's a lot of inequality as far as um, just uh, education, different ways of education, because I know that people are choosing different routes of education nowadays, that now the Harvard or the Stanford graduate is not the end-all be-all person who can do the job. And yes. I think that recruiters haven't really caught up to that yet, where they, they still think that you have to have the piece of paper to show that you know how to do the job, even though you have the talent. Um, one thing that I, a mentor of mine who works at Microsoft told me is he said, you know, with UX, UI design, he said, I'm really, really sad that you're leaving that field and choosing to go to a different one. He goes, even though I'm proud of you, he goes, I'm really sad that you're leaving that because, you know, UX design creativity, it can't, I mean, artistic creativity can't really be taught. I mean, people can learn it, but it really comes from a deeper point, uh, a deep, deeper spot with it creativity. And so I think that when I used to apply for UX UI design jobs, recruiters would only see the piece of paper, but I don't think that they were trained in trying to find out who was creative or not. And so I got passed up on a lot of jobs that I just would have been ecstatic to really help that company grow and, and contribute my creativity. So I think that the biggest inequality, I guess, that I see as far as um, you know the job market is just recruiters not being open to more different kinds of people and I, you know, my mentor for Microsoft also, we talked about this is that, you know, when you have a bunch of different types of people in a room from different, you know, different backgrounds and different points of view, it actually contributes more to the team because you have, you know, different ideas that come forth, which creates innovation, which creates new products, which creates more money for the company and people don't see it that way. And so that means even cultural backgrounds or different races or different, just people who grew up in different, different households, different um, ways of thinking. Um, sometimes people say, well, it can create conflict, but sometimes conflict's really good because it creates new ways of serving customers in the business world. And so if you have all these different people from different diverse backgrounds on a team, so then you can, you know, contribute more because you can contribute to more different customer needs. Because it's like, say you have a bunch of guys, no offense, no, a bunch of guys from <laughs> Stanford and, um, you know, you have a bunch of white guys from standard Stanford and they all grew up in really rich households in one really rich city and they don't understand the customer needs. They just think that everybody wants luxury watches. So they make luxury things and they're like, whatever, we don't need to make any things. But someone else comes in who's from a more, uh, a more uh, low income area and they maybe have a different way of thinking. They can come in and say, hey, like a lot of our customers are low income you know, low, low income people, not just, not all of our customers are people from Stanford, you know, like we can create this product and make it better uh, just by, uh, 
you know, tuning into what the customer needs and you can't really understand a customer's needs. If you haven't personally been there, it's harder to just, you know, make up your imagination and imagine what that's like. Yeah. You need diverse um, perspectives. Yeah. Diverse perspectives for sure. And so, so I think that just right now there's a lot of inequality with recruiters, just not really knowing. And I I don't want to blame them because I I have friends who are recruiters and I think that just, it's a skill that has to be learned within the recruiting world. Um, Now, you know, direct hiring managers don't hire anymore. Now it directly goes through a recruiter who kind of talks. It's like, they're like the liaison between the people being hired. But I think the filtering process is just, it's not a very effective one because from what I've seen, um, not just from my own personal point of view, but also from managers I've talked to at Microsoft and other tech companies, a lot of the great talent gets filtered out by these machines, which obviously us IT people know about those machines because yeah. we probably these worked mach- on them. They <laughs> suck. Like, uh, pardon my English. Yeah. They suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're just, I mean, a machine can't really, in a piece of paper, it's really, really hard for a piece of paper machine to to, to tell you who would be best for the job. Even, I mean, even if the piece of paper looks great, how do you know if that person's going to be great at working with other people or if they have the traits to be able to, to not create a hostile environment? Cause that, that causes a lot of job turnover. You know, there's a lot of factors mm-hmm. that go into it that can't be explained on a piece of paper or through, you know, a job board. So I think the biggest thing that a, a way to resolve that problem, I know that you didn't ask, but I really want to share this if, if it helps anybody if that's okay. <laughs> you, you totally can't um, give the answer. I'm just going to go for yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I think, I think I've learned over the years that it's I, the most, the best jobs that I've ever gotten have not come from me applying online or having resume. They've also, they always came through a friend that I've met in the industry who said, Hey, I feel like you'd be a good person for this job. And I know people like kind of like under, you know, they under talk, networking and I so networking it's like talking to people but I think networking is really just creating friendships before you ask for a job like not going after people just because you know they can get you a job but just like creating relationships of other people in the community and telling them what you're doing and be like hey I'm going into IT and already you know I I was in IT and a friend of mine actually told me about the job I was in now and my friend is actually my manager which is really cool and so (laughs) yeah so networking can get you jobs you know and and then through this through this organization I'm in I met a guy who is a manager at another IT company. He said, hey, when you're done with your degree, talk to me. We might have a job opening for you. So like, I mean, wow. networking is is so much more effective than just sending a resume out there because a lot of the times those pieces of paper just pass by, by recruiters who don't, a lot of recruiters, you know, you know, no, no offense to them. I'm not, you know, bashing recruiters because some of them <laughs> are really amazing and some of them really care about people they're interviewing. Um, but I'm, I mean, it's so easy for your resume to get passed by, by a recruiter that networking people already know who you are. They already know your personality and how you work. They already know your skills because they see you all the time. And so they already like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so definitely, I mean, networking is probably the best, the best way to, um, to get a job nowadays, to be honest with you, you know? That sounds so just off of your net. And I want to highlight this real quick because I had somebody said that they wanted to network with me the other day and it was really just a sales call. 
And like you built a relationship, 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 relationship. I think a lot of times how you said that'll put you above the crowd because it's, you know, you can't just look at a piece of paper and determine the outcome of somebody on how well they'll mix with the culture or mesh with other people. And it's funny, like at the beginning of the conversation, you said you learned about business and IT, you know, you need business and IT need to be able to communicate effectively with people. Uh, a, A resume doesn't say that. So Obviously, we we networked with each other. We built some type of relationship. And now you're on the podcast. And I got to you through LinkedIn. Can you touch, um, like, how are some ways that you're networking or using that platform to, to create new relationships and, you know, really get noticed? Because obviously, I, I noticed you on the platform. Yeah, I think that um, if I'm honest, I think that more of the networking that I've done has is has been in person. I know that's really hard to do right now because of um, the pandemic and stuff. But um, but I say I'd say I mean I, there's two different things I'd say. So as far as LinkedIn, um, the best way to network is to find people who are a lot like you, who are going into the same field, who possibly are in the same stage of the field as you. So I like to connect with a lot of other students at WGU in the IT field. Um, people say like, well, what does that mean? Anything like they don't have a job yet. It's like, yeah, but one day they're going to have a job and they're going to be able to refer you and you can refer them. I mean, I've, I've referred um, some friends before that have ended up working at PushPay with me that I've met at hackathons. So like networking can come at any time in your life, maybe even four times, four years later, but just connect with people who are a lot like you on, on, um, on LinkedIn and just start encouraging people like, um, you know, Sometimes people will comment on posts and they'll say, you know, congratulations or something, but just kind of like speak life into people, like the same way that you would want someone else to speak life into you and say like, Hey, you're going to make it. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to reach your dreams. Like, like you can do this, like, you know, and just supporting people on their journey. I think that that's the best way to create relationship because you're both lifting each other up and it creates more of an intimate bond than just like, Hey, congratulations. You know? Yeah. Um, That's that's a lot more intimate than just a like. Don't just like yeah. comment, <laughs> you know, engage. Yeah, real yeah, life. yeah. Comment and comment more than a few sentences, you know, like really let it come from your heart. I know it sounds kind of mushy and stuff, but like that's what humans are about. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, like we're very um, emotional beings and we want people to be proud of us. And that's why we post, right? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Um, and so, you know, we got to show our peers that we're proud of them, that we see them, that we acknowledge, you know, their ambition and the things they're doing and just kind of, you know, praise them for that. Be like, hey, you're doing a really good job. Keep going, you know, and just kind of speaking into them. So I think that that's another really good way to network and people notice comments like that. You know, your comment might be flushed out if you just say congratulations or, or good job or something like that or, and, you know, just a few like a sentence. But if you really t- put some time into sitting down and writing that comment as if you're you're really, you know, trying to speak it like, you know, accomplishments into that person like that that means something more to people than just a little comment. So definitely network that way. Um, I don't know if it's weird when people, you know, message you out of nowhere saying, hi, I want to connect. Like, I mean, I, you usually have people like that all the time and <laughs> saying, oh, I want to connect, you know, how are you doing? And then the, the conversation fizzles out. So I would definitely say, I mean, LinkedIn is an amazing resource for um, finding information and, and connecting with people and just learning more about different jobs that you could apply to. Um, I know that recruiters, uh, uh, you know, post jobs a lot too. Uh, but I would say that the best way to network is actually in person. Like I said, I know we can't do that right now because of the pandemic, but the most, the best networking that I've done has been at, at hackathons, at tech events. Um, there's been little meetups and, and workshops that have been at Microsoft that I've met people um, just, just different, um, festivals or fairs in the community. 
Um, you know, there, there's so many different events that we don't even know about or are not aware of because we don't do the little, you know, the Google search, but you yeah. can meet so many different people in your field that, or even people who are not in your field, they could know somebody who is in IT. Like, even though they're not in IT, they're like, oh, my brother's in IT. I think they're having a job opening right now. You know, let me, let me talk to him to see if he can get you in. You're like, you know. You know what um, I'm hearing is know, get involved. Get involved. Yeah, you know, get involved. Treat, yeah. Treat it like lunch at, at when you're in high school and everybody had to go out and meet new people and talk and, and play. Like, th- we're just doing a grown-up version of that. That's all networking Yeah, is. yeah. That's what I'm. Yeah, is it sad that we changed so so quickly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and you yeah. remember she said the hackathon that comes with good food, so it might just be like lunch. I don't know. Yeah, you tell me. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, no, they really. I mean, if you're not gonna go to the hackathon for anything else, go for the food because their food is amazing, especially the ones at Microsoft. You know, Microsoft likes to go big. <laughs> <laughs> so, have yeah. you been applying to to other roles in like IT? I know you said earlier before we actually started recording. You know, you were getting your master's in cybersecurity. Like, have you actually started? Started applying for IT roles since you've already accomplished so much up to this point? Um, so right now I'm focusing on my role that I'm at right now. I just, I'm trying to learn as much as I possibly can um, in media IT and I'm learning a ton and um, I've learned so much in just the last five months that I've been here about different cables and how to hook up the cameras and how to um, do the, the lighting and different and programs and um, just just like a switcher board and like, you know, there's just so, so much, but like I'm learning just by being around it and having to do it every day. And that was kind of like my idea of what I'd be doing after. So I had this plan in my head, but you know how life likes to swing, you know, swing curveballs at you. My plan is to stay at my job that I'm at for a few years until I'm done with my degree. And um, and then um, get certifications that I need to get, which is the CompTIA A plus certification, um, and also the um, the uh, ITIL certification. I think it's called. Um, and there's also um, Security Plus as well. But I really want to get into a help desk position. The job I have right now is on the weekends, so I can easily take a full time job during the week when I'm done with my degree, um, and fit that in. My kids will be in school next year, so it allows for schedule for me to go to work full time in the mornings. And then I'll be working on my master's degree at WGU for cybersecurity while I'm in the help desk position, and then quickly be able to move up because of my degrees, which is what a mentor has told me is possible. So <laughs> I know that seems like I've got it all laid out, but I, I, it's just kind of like a, a little blueprint for my plans for the future just so I know kind of where I'm going in and so so yeah you you can't shoot your shot if you don't know where the hoop is like (laughs) yeah that's true yeah yeah no that's super cool and so help desk is that that's where you're trying to land I think with those certs like I've never worked in help desk I'm gonna put it out there to be honest like when I was applying for IT roles like one of my mentors said typically you know you started IT um, help desk roles before you get into a cybersecurity role and I applied and Man, it was brutal. I remember that 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 uh, the story you told us before you had your bachelor's and how they kept turning you down. That was me. Like I, I got turned down for like five or six IT help desk roles before I landed my my position. Oh wow! Yeah, dude. Like I'm telling you, like that's why I want. It was so important for me to have you on the podcast and like just share your experience and some of the things. Not always the the you know the the glamour in terms of hey you know what well I made it I'm I'm in this to some extent and I got the you know you might have had your your uh the great experience at the, at the university and the scholarship but there's also other things when you feel uncertain like for me I the reason I asked you that is because it sounds like you're almost close to finishing your bachelor's and I know when I was at the end of my um my master's degree program that's when I decided to start applying for roles. And man, it was like a, a hit at, man, it was like I was getting beat up every day. Another jab, another oh, cross. No. 
man, I'm, t- I'm telling you, I'm telling you. So, you know, like, like you said, life changes and things happen. So you got to be able to navigate. So I'm pretty sure you'll be able to nail it though. Like, like you already got the degree, you got the network, 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 people, relationships. So yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> that's just cool. So uh, before we wrap up really quick, so what is one takeaway, like if, if nothing that you would like everybody to walk away from here with? Um, hmm. I would say, um, get used to pain. I know that sounds really, really weird, but that's kind of like my life motto. Um, get used to being uncomfortable. I know that's something that other people say, uh, but really a lot of the times when you want to accomplish something, it's not going to, the journey is not going to be comfortable or something you like for a really long time. Like when we were paying off debt last year, uh, before COVID hit, Oh, which was a blessing. Cause like we didn't know code was going to hit, but it really helped with the financial side when we didn't have a lot of bills to pay. Um, it's uncomfortable not going out to eat. It's uncomfortable, not, um, and it's painful having to say no, it's painful having to sacrifice, you know, spending money and stuff like that to pay, but we did it. And $47,000 later, you know, paid off cars, paid off, uh, last student loans, um, paid off, uh, you know, credit cards and, and lines of credit all gone because of discipline. And uh, same thing with your degree is you kind of have to get used. I mean, I'm reading my textbook every day and I'm like, I really don't want to read about globalization sometimes. Like I, I can't get into this. Like I got to find in me a way to enjoy it. But I think that when you embrace the painful parts of achievement, the, the reward comes later. And so I would just say like for people out there that are trying to achieve something like just go for it I mean what's the worst that could happen you waste four years of your life achieving something amazing that could probably lead to something even greater like you know I have this uh sign on my wall that says um it's it's my mom bought it for me it says if not now when so it's kind of like if you're not going to go back to school now when like are you going to wait five years and when you could have done it five years before you know just do it now time is still going to go by you know (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like time is going to go by. Like I used to have friends at work that really wanted to be uh, um, nurses or doctors. And I said, go to school, do it. And they're like, oh, well, it's going to take five years. I'm like, well, the time is going to pass anyways. (laughs) Like in five years, it's going to be five years. Like might as well go to school. And five years later, you have a better life, a better income, you know, and you have your dream, dream career, you know? So I would just say embrace pain, embrace the uncomfortable parts because it's temporary and then you'll, you know, be able to have the reward in the end, but you got to put in the sacrifice and it's not going to be comfortable. If anyone tells you that the journey is going to be fun or comfortable, they're wrong. It's not fun. It's not comfortable. It's painful almost every day, but it's worth it. So oh, I'm, I'm going to have my- to it. It's a little bit of fun. It's I enjoyed it. It, it, was, <laughs> it was painful fun. It's like, it's like, the, the, yeah. <laughs> like when you go to the gym and you work out and it's like, oh my God, I'm going to die. And then you leave. You're like, I feel kind of good though. Like that's, yeah, that's kind of, I mean, like, when you pass an exam, you're like, yes, all that studying was for, for, for good reason. Now I only have this many classes to go, you know? So yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, true. That's true. <laughs> all right. <laughs> then if you were in my shoes, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't? Hmm. You asked some really good questions. So that's a hard question. <laughs> um, I would say, um, oh man, what is something that that you see in the IT field where it's going in the future? Or where do you, where, what are some ways that you can find out ways that IT is moving in the future to be okay. able to understand what, what jobs to get in the future? 
So, okay, what are some things that you think uh, the IT field are going to in the future? And <laughs> so the, the questions you just no, asked, like, yeah, like, hey, could you answer those questions? Those are really hot questions. And uh, just sidebar on this, on this podcast, we talk like humans because we're human. So I'm going to use sidebar. Like that was flames. Can you please answer yeah. the question? Yeah. So I, I, I'm actually really excited to give this advice because this is something a lot of people don't know about that I only learned from just going to WGU and going to school. Um, but it was hidden in there. So, so one thing I found out is that businesses have to report their upcoming goals and plans on the SEC website. Um, I forget what it's, it stands for, but SEC, it's a government um, department um, for, for companies to report their income and all their stats and things that they're, they're any other issues or problems. And the reason they do this is so that investors are, it's more transparent for investors when they're, um, when they're, you know, um, investing in the company, not to, you know, just to create transparency so that when people invest, they're not going into it blindly. Um, but the really cool thing about this is you can see what the company is looking forward to actually um, accomplish in the next year before it even gets to the media. So before, you know, before um, Microsoft really reports to the media that they're going to be doing something in the following year, you can go on the SEC website. I think it's called the 10K form or yep, you're right form. on. Oh, really quick. So yeah. the SEC stands for Securities and Exchange Commission for those that wanted to, yes. to know. Yes, yes, there it is. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. So, so the SEC, they, they have that form and you can actually go on there and look and see what their upcoming goals are for the future and what their threats are of other companies. And so what ways that they're trying to accomplish um, um, the problem solve for those threats. So one thing that I found out from Microsoft is that they're more moving towards a focus in cloud cloud engineering because every company like Amazon and um, and Google and all these different company tech companies are moving towards more of cloud-based. So the whole mainframe computers that we've been dealing with in, in companies might be a thing of the past because cloud is becoming so popular in the tech industry right now. Um, just because it's easier, it's less expensive to, to cool off mainframe computer or just these big, huge mainframes and store them. It's less expensive to have storage for them and to the cooling systems for them. Like it's just less expensive. So people are moving more towards you know, cloud hosting or, or, or yeah. putting all their data on the cloud. And so um, it kind of, by checking the SEC for different tech companies, you can kind of get an idea of what kind of jobs are going to be really hot for the next season. And so you can know what you need to start specializing in, specializing in now for that company you want to go to before it even hits the media. So you can kind of be like the head start person to get in there and know what skills you need to be able to get hired at the company because you'll have the skills they need for their their goals that they're coming up in their business that was so supercharged. that's supercharged yeah use use those resources i mean people don't know there's resources out there you can find anything online nowadays no that is that is super cool i didn't know that i, I knew about the 10k i knew it from another perspective like i that was my investor brain that's why i already had to think about this like, oh. on the investor side like i'm pretty deep into it so I, I knew what the 10k was but i never thought about it from a perspective of looking at roads and you know what the landscape for it would be like in the future so that is definitely a jewel put that together with how she told you earlier if you want to learn a skill go into the university's websites and kind of looking at the course curriculum you can if you match mm -hmm. that with this sec stuff you're golden you're golden yeah yeah that's true yep yep well, that's awesome well man the last thing we want to do is make sure that you can build some more relationships so where can our listeners connect with you online um they can connect with me on linkedin uh my name is Kay sandoval on linkedin really simple um i think my link is k 
Sandoval, the hash, the, the hash part is K Sandoval. Um, so it should be really easy to find, but if anything, um, I'll put but, it in yeah. the show notes. Sandoval. Yeah, that'll help. I mean, I was thinking, I, was like, I don't remember what my link is. I was waiting but, for yeah, you to start spelling it out before I, said, I was going to, I was going to have yeah. to spell it out. Then I was going to be like, I'm going I'm to link it for you anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that'll help. <laughs> but, yeah. All right, cool. Well, hey, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. This has been great. It was a story with Kay and her experience moving into IT through college, everything. So feel free to reach out to her. I'll put the link in the show notes so you guys can connect with her and be a friend. Don't just like, you know, say something encouraging so that we could all stay encouraged. And we're signing out. Talk soon.